Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We're sounding the alarm for the peril and uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth, and The Watchman will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We're going to call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. We're going to expound on the underreported facts, and today we're going to be getting to those underreported facts with Rick Crump. Rick is a management consultant by trade with his own firm called A Kinetic Experience, helping Fortune 500 companies solve complex business problems. He and his wife, Tammy, found a kinetic fate to equip and mobilize a church to help turn around the moral decay of our society. We also have Annette Baker back with us. Annette Baker is a region chairwoman of the Berks Republican Committee. Annette's also a homeschool teacher, and she's our resident environmental, environmental expert. Welcome back to The Watchman, folks. Thank you. Great. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks for being with us. We want to talk about this impeachment sham a little bit. And, and again, this has been going on. Well, it's been going on not just the past week, but it's been going on for the last well, couple of years. Uh, Trump was being inaugurated, and literally uh, within 15 minutes after his inauguration, uh, they were talking about impeaching him. I mean, these people, these people see conspiracy in their soup and they, they see it everywhere behind every rock but this sham fell apart from the start the democrats are backing a horse with a heart condition when when the when the intel committee voted this out of the out to the judiciary committee recently Schiff stated the evidence was overwhelming folks the evidence isn't overwhelming okay the idea that Trump would call on the Ukraine to help him in his re-election is just ridiculous. I mean, that's insane. And it would take an insane person to bring that insane thought in out there. Why would he need the Ukraine to help him? I mean, he handled Hillary Clinton all by himself. Trump doesn't need the Ukraine to help him with the re-election effort, folks. I mean, here's a news flash for everybody. But Schiff says he does. Well, Schiff's a liar who lied, who lied as he was reading the phone call transcript, if you remember that. He pretended he was reading the transcript, and as he's reading this, he's actually saying words that weren't in the transcript. He was, as he said later, was a parody. Folks, he was creating a lie. Okay, he was creating a lie. Just like this Democrat impeachment campaign strategy. That's what this is. It's to write the articles of impeachment using the testimony of law professors as their standing. See, in the past, you have articles of impeachment written beforehand and have the law professors come out and explain the articles of impeachment that are being alleged. So the Democrat strategy is to basically sculpt a testimony or sculpt the testimony to write the articles of impeachment to mirror the testimony of the law scholars. And I'm going to say phony law scholars because these are all Trump haters, except for one of them. They're all Trump haters. One of them worked for Al Gore's campaign. One of them was talking like within a month or two after Trump won his election, talking about how he had to be impeached because of a tweet or something. I mean, these people are out there. They've already been out there declaring Trump needs to be impeached. And so the Democrats bring them in here to give their legal expertise. It's unbelievable to me. So, again, we, we have to explain, and again, I want to say, when we have to explain what misconduct is, 
when we have to go into what's impeachable, when we have to get into that and expound on that for our listeners as well as the news, the fake news Pravda media is doing all the time. When they have to get out there and try to spell out, okay, what is, you know, what's impeachable. Okay, when they have to do that, then they're farther and farther from what is impeachable. <laughs> okay. Because the bottom line is, I mean, it doesn't take that much to get in there and figure it out. It's, it, if it's obvious, you can see it. It's hard, when it's obvious, you can see it. And it's the further they become from an impeachable offense, and that's the bottom line, the further they are. When you have to explain it over and over, it's the further they are, the further they are from this impeachable offense. The American public is going to see it. So if there's anything that's something so serious, that isn't, it's just not hard to show it. But they've got to bring these legal scholars in. So instead, we're hearing about abstract principles and what the framers had in mind. Um, Annette, what are, your, what are your thoughts on where we're at on this judicial committee and, I guess, Jerry Nadler? Is there anyone more incompetent than Adam Schiff than Jerry Nadler in the Democrat committee? Uh, Annette, what do you think? I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone uh, at this point. It, it's amazing to me that this is continuing. And, and you're right. You know, Matt Getz, who was questioning um, all of the, the uh, professors that were testifying um, in, the, in the judiciary hearing, actually asked, do any of you have any material evidence that the president did something that's impeachable? Um, and I'm paraphrasing basically what he, he asked. But basically he's saying, do, you, do any of you have any evidence uh, of an impeachable offense? And none of them raised their hands because you're right. They're talking about theories and suppositions. And the fact that the Democrats got to call three witnesses and the Republicans got to call one, they've been saying all this time that it has to be bipartisan and clear-cut, like you said, um, and it's, it's obvious the bias. The one professor, Carlin, I believe her last name was, um, actually made a, a joke about Baron Trump and said basically that the president, you know, is not a king. He's not a despot. He can he can't create. You know, he can he can name his kid Baron, but he can't make him one. And I couldn't believe it. Wow. I could not believe that wow. she said that in the middle of mm. testimony about something this serious. You think she's she biased? She had to take a shot. Yeah. You think she's biased maybe, in it? Maybe just a little. Um, that I mean, might indicate she might have a little bit of a bias. I mean, she think so about biased, it. it was, I mean, it was unbelievable wow. that she made. And then she came back later and said, well, you know, it was, I, I made a, you know, I tried to make a joke. It was, you know, oh, I, I should have said it this way. It was oh, a joke. It was a joke. Oh, that's okay. So they consider this a joke. It was a joke. The impeachment hearing is a joke. Putting creating a constitutional well, crisis is a joke. Yeah, yeah. It is a joke. I mean, uh, it's you unbelievable know, to me. There, it's there's no proof, you know. And they're talking about well, yes, you know what he did rises to the level of obstruction, right? You yeah. know, and they're trying. They are reaching so far to try to get this. To be an impeachable, you know, to, to find impeachable offenses. Now, it's interesting that they haven't called anyone yet who has said the president did something 
that's impeachable, other than these professors <laughs> who are saying, yes, you know, he did something impeachable, and then went on cross-examination by Matt Getz. It turns out that they've all contributed to Clinton, Obama, and um, – oh, is it Clinton and Obama and uh, – who was it? Somebody else. Sorry. I guess it was both Clintons maybe and, and the Obama admission. You know, so they were giving money to – Democrat oh, yeah. uh, politicians. Th- these are operatives. And, you know, but they're, yeah, but they, they clearly, and, you know, I was just shocked at the Barron comment. I thought oh, that was that's completely out of line. That is breathtaking. And look, to understand what's going on, and we just have to look at how and why this got started and why, unlike the prior two impeachment inquiries, why was it moved to the Intel Committee when it should have been in, in the, judicial, the, the, the Judiciary Committee all along? Again, they wanted to control witnesses. They wanted to control testimony. They wanted to vet testimony to line up with a narrative. So out of the light, this thing went to behind closed door meetings. And again, they did this so they could vet the witnesses and their messaging. They, 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 they wanted to extrapolate certain items and leak them to the public to sway public opinion. Remember, again, they're trying to create a constitutional crisis. When we had, when Lincoln was assassinated, there was a constitutional crisis. When Garfield was assassinated, when Harrison died, when McKinley was assassinated, okay, when Franklin Delano Roosevelt died, okay, when, when, when JFK was assassinated, when people died in office or were assassinated, there, becomes a, there, there is a constitutional crisis in leadership. There always is. But, see, that happens because of, of, of something, because of a villain taking away the life of a president, but also because of, well, because of... Uh, you know, a death, you know, a natural causes like a couple of these people like Benjamin Harrison died of pneumonia that he contracted on, on his inauguration day because he he wanted to stand out there without a coat on in the middle of winter. <laughs> and he did. And he caught pneumonia. But I think what's interesting on in all of this is the Democrats are out there trying to create this crisis. Now, after their face plant with the inquiry so far, they're sending this to Jerry Nadler to attempt to re- Rescue this by educating the public, Rick. And the only Democrat leadership, again, I think he's just so incompetent, Nadler. I mean, I, you know, but this isn't going to be a real a relitigation of what happened. So they invited Trump. They, oh, you can come over. But why would he want to be there? This is not a relitigation of what happened. Okay, they're going to attempt a sort of civics lessons for the American public. Now, they want to ensure the public that they're looking to impeach Trump on Although it doesn't pass the smell test judicially, it certainly is legal as per their process. These experts are out there saying this. So the accused has no legal rights here. The Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment don't apply for anyone accused of a crime. That They don't apply to this because anyone accused of a crime has, the rights, has rights under the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment. But that doesn't apply here, as this isn't a trial to ascertain guilt of a crime. And that's what they're trying to tell everybody. This is a political process where Congress determines what action is impeachable and what evidence is needed to prove the guilt of an impeachable action. So they're attempting to sell the public on the process, and that's what these experts are doing. The message the Democrats want to sell the public is that impeachment is a political process, not a legal process. So you see, in a political process, Congress decides what's impeachable, 
and what's an impeachable crime and an impeachable act. And then they decide what evidence can be accepted to prove what they're calling a crime or an impeachable act. Folks, that is what they're doing. I want our listeners to understand that. Now, knowing that, and you're watching these experts, Rick, are you being swayed that Trump needs to be impeached, or are you are you rock steady as a rock group conservative that I know you are? <laughs> well, well, I'm 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 conflicted, in it, and it's because I can't figure out what words are coming out of which side of their mouth. For instance, you know, they to your point, they want to claim this is a political process and that there's no there's no true crime required to be broken to impeach him. So they're they're. They're setting it up that they can pretty much do whatever they want. But they, but there was there was a pattern I started noticing as I listened to the Dems talk today. They all of them start their statement with something akin to, uh, "No president is above the law. We must protect law and order." And the and 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 if the law is broken, so they all start with this preface in their statement about it's all about the law, and they all end their statements with it with a heavy heart and a burden and a. And a, and, a, and, a, and a bowed head, I, I beseech the Lord to help see us through this time. And they mock the whole thing. So they start That's off right. talking about law, and they end, in, end invoking God's name and, and end with solemnness. But in the middle, they muddle it all up with, well, somebody has an opinion about something else. And so let's listen to that somebody's opinion. Now, I found it interesting. They went from, when, when they were in the uh, in, in Intel Committee, they went from bureaucrats with opinions to the Judiciary Committee, to where they now go to academics with opinions, but they're all opinions. Nobody's actually got any evidence. And they're setting a really dangerous precedent here by doing this, because can you imagine if, if President Trump is successfully impeached, even in the House, folks, based on this precedent, you could imagine five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line, some, some lawyer manipulating and twisting things and citing this case as an example of why you really don't need any evidence to convict my client or or to convict this person of a crime, uh, because, because we have a precedent here where a president was convicted uh, of an impeached uh, uh, with no hard evidence. And so therefore we should be able to uh, convict other citizens in the United States with no hard evidence that I'm telling you, that sounds absurd, but would you have thought that we would be where we are today, you know, 10 years ago, that's how, how quickly things are falling. It's amazing. I mean, I guess we're not to hold Congress to the same judicial standards of innocent until proven guilty and the standard of fact witnesses providing evidence to work to work back from an actual crime to determine guilt or innocence. No, this sort of a rescue mission of a failed sham, again, is a face plant for the Democrats. It's going to result in nothing more than another nail in the Democrats' coffin next year. Remember, the vote for the impeachment inquiry was bipartisan against impeachment. Don't miss that, folks. Don't miss it. We'll like th- this will likely go down in the House as a hyper-partisan vote to impeach with a vote of like 223 to 208 or something. If they allow this to go for a vote, it'll go to the full Senate for a two-month unpacking of the truth. And I got to tell you, this is, well, if you put logic in there, th- you would never want this to go to the, the Senate. But, I mean, Zoe, Lo- Zoe Lufgren, a House Democrat from California, the land of the wackos, stated on Sunday that impeachment isn't for a foregone col- conclusion. She said last week that impeachment is not a foregone conclusion. She came out with and stated that not all misconduct is impeachable. Now, Annette, you and I were chatting about this during the week. This could be a feint, could be real. 
I don't know. The Democrats don't want this unpacked in the Senate, I can tell you that. I also know that the high watermark of polls showing favorability for impeachment was weeks ago. It's only going to go south from here for the Democrats. I also know the Democrats don't want to proceed with a hyper-partisan vote in the House, as I said, 223, 208, or whatever, because it's just not good. And, and, and what's interesting is these lifelong politicians in that have been around. They were around in 1998, and they all declared then that we must never have a hyper-partisan impeachment vote. It should always be bipartisan. They declared it, stated it, emphatically demanded it, and now where are they, Annette? Where are those people now? Annette, what are your thoughts on that? that, The very people that were demanding that are now the ones leading the charge in a hyper-partisan attempt to impeach a a duly elected president. And, um, you know, it's very interesting because Nancy Pelosi, uh, I heard one report today that she had a closed-door session with um, the Democrat caucus and did not allow any cell phones, no reporters, none of that kind of stuff. And basically called everybody into to a huddle and said, are you ready to go? And what they're predicting is much like what she did when they passed the uh, Unaffordable Care Act uh, <laughs> at Christmas time. They're, they're thinking that this is what is going to happen. It's going to be the weekend before Christmas. They're going to hold the impeachment vote um, that weekend. They most likely will have the votes. Now, you could be right. They may peel off some. Um, Democrats whose uh, desire for self-preservation outweighs their willingness to go along with this vote. Um, They may peel off some. Um, It'll be interesting to see if if those people survive. Uh, Most likely they'll be primaried um, by the Democrat Party um, and then soundly beaten by Republicans, hopefully, in uh, in the House races. But, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. But it is going to be very partisan. Uh, At this point, from everything that I've read and seen, there are no Republicans that have said that they would vote for impeachment at this at this time. Well, there's no evidence. They're saying there's nothing there. No, no, no Republicans are going to vote for this. And I mean, we've already heard some. Look, the swing, there's swing focus groups and there's there's swing district focus groups that went on recently and and look we live here in the mainline area i mean where we are in southeast pennsylvania this is where the rhinos exist uh, the swing district republicans uh, the rhino republicans but they did some they did some polling because they wanted to see where they were going now the western new jersey republicans are very similar to the lower marion republicans wouldn't you say rick i mean they, they're very similar in, in just the demographics yeah. and money and just just yep. uh, just all of all in all interest. They're, they're basically fiscal conservatives, uh, social moderates type thing, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, they were all polled. Now, we see trouble looming for Democrats in 2020 because the House Forward Majority Report, which is a Democrat memo, found that these swing voters in New Jersey, western New Jersey, see this impeachment as politically charged. See, the organization that did this report is a Nancy Pelosi dark money group. I want everybody to understand this. So they're getting the real skinny from their own people. The Democrat memo found that several focus group members dismissed the impeachment inquiry as politics and few called the president's call with Ukrainian President Zelensky a crime. Few. The focus group could suggest that New Jersey voters backing Trump 
and his policies could endanger Democrats like Van Drew and Kemp. Van Drew's already he's already come out and said he's not going to vote for it. He's already said it. See, voters in the focus group found that Trump is a businessman. Unlike mostly useless politicians, they, they see him as a businessman. They also believe Trump is working to reverse America's decline and bring back companies to the United States. See, they see Trump trying to help the middle class, folks. This is what I want our listeners here on AM Radio 11 AWFYL to get. They see him trying to do something. And they see the Democrats going after him for doing it. Or whatever, for their own hatred and disdain towards Trump. Trying to stop him, okay? And I think that that's a very, I mean, they watched regulations send out entire industries to other countries. One, one of the focus group people, person said, he goes, we, we've watched reg, we watch regulations annihilate industries. Many voters said that Trump and the Republican Party, by extension, are fighting to put America first by emphasizing border security, pro-American jobs, and take care of us, and take, taking care of America first. While the Democrats are helping non-citizens. The focus groups are seeing this, folks. The memo found that most of the respondents across all of the groups said they side with Trump on immigration. Almost to a person, immigration was described as a matter of bringing control to our borders and immigration system, the memo added. The voters, the voters said that the Democrats were often cited as the party that cares about human rights, such as gay rights. The focus group members also found that the impeachment inquiry was dominating the Democrat agenda. Other Democrats around the country are also admitting that they're losing support from people that voted for them in 18, 2018 over this impeachment fiasco. Their support is crashing and burning, Rick. What are you what are you seeing with this? And I mean, I think this is translating in here into the into the mainline Republicans here in the suburbs over here in Philadelphia. What do you think? Yeah, I will tell you go back to one of your original statements as you as you start talking about the focus groups, how they see this as very politically charged. Um, we mentioned a, a, a few weeks ago on your show about Federalist Papers, 65 and 66. Uh, these were the papers that were written to help uh, convince the, the colonists to ratify the Constitution, and they were basically a public support paper, all these Federalist Papers, right? And in Federalist 65, there was a description about why impeachment should reside in the Senate instead of the House, and it listed, I think I said over, over 12 times, it basically made the argument that objectivity was the concern. The, the House couldn't be objective about this. And, that, and it used words like <clears throat> agitate, passions, bias, factions, divisions, partialities, influence, trust, balance, credibility, discretion. These were all things that were called into question if, if impeachment was in the House. Isn't it ironic that the people being, in these, being pulled in these focus groups are basically validating what the Founding Fathers said about why you can't trust impeachment in the House? Now, also... One of the scholars, but then quotation mark, that was so uh, adamant about Trump being able to be impeached and, and why he was justified was quoting Madison today. Okay, now Madison was one of the guys that was was writing these Federalist Papers. I found it interesting that this scholar found it so um, insightful to quote Madison about why impeachment was necessary, but he failed to to deal with what Madison said in Federalist 65 about the House being so biased. Isn't that ironic? This guy who supposedly knows so much more than the rest of us about the Constitution and what the Founding Fathers were thinking and even quotes Madison fails to mention the very Federalist paper that Madison was writing about, about why you can't trust uh, the House with impeachment? Well, it's amazing. 
But I think what's really kind of, what, what I'm looking at is also the results. Like you said, they called it back then. They called it. They knew what could happen. They they knew they they knew what the evil in hearts of men could could do. But I think what we're seeing too is in that uh, you're seeing that the Democrats are nearly bankrupt. They got no money, and Trump's outraising them like I don't know five to one, whatever. Uh, Trump's got a, um, almost 160 million cash on hand. The Republican RNC has almost 160 million in cash on hand. The Democrats are, uh, I don't know, they're like one tenth of that. I mean, uh, what, what, what's your thoughts on this, Annette, to wrap the show up? Oh, I think that, uh, excuse me, what we're seeing is, you know, that obviously uh, people are not happy with the Democrats' push for impeachment when there is no there there. You know, it, it's just. It's really telling um, at this point that so many people that are traditionally or have been traditionally supportive of Democrat policies are now saying, wait a minute, you know, this is not what impeachment is supposed to be used for because you don't like someone's policy or you don't like the person that got elected. You're not supposed to use impeachment to remove that person from office. You do what the rest of us did. During the eight years of the Obama administration, you hunker down, you survive through it, and then you work to get the person you want elected, elected in the next go-round. You know, using impeachment for something other than high crimes and misdemeanors is completely antithetical to what the founding fathers wanted to, to have done with that idea of impeachment, of being able to remove someone who committed a crime as a president, you know, it's it just it, it smacks of just partisanship, which we know is the truth. And it, it really demeans what our country was founded on, well, in my opinion. Very well put, Annette. Very well put. We appreciate you both being here. We're out of time. Thanks to Annette and thanks to Rick for being with us. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today to the Watchmen. Tune in next Saturday afternoon at 4.30 right here on AM Radio 1180WFYL for our compelling discussion on the Watchmen. And uh, like I said, some of the audience listens to the Watchmen live by clicking on the Listen Live button on their computer. And some of us, some of the audience watches this on a podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, but you also can listen to us while you're driving through the listening area on, 1180, uh, on AM Radio 1180. However you choose to listen to us, we appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. For Rick and for Annette, I'm Clay Brees. See you next Saturday on The Watchman. Goodbye for now.